Welcome to Sassholes. We are revenue ops with an edge. With decades of making interesting decisions, Jamie, Jason, Marcus, and Pete are dedicated to helping aspiring sales leaders accelerate revenues with our no BS approach to sales leadership strategies and tactics. We got some shout outs to do. Charlotte Guyman, four years at Brotman Beatty Institute. Jason Hanley, three years at Dinfly. Nita McKeever, four years at Dell. Michael Penn, five years at Lifting Gear Hire. Tom Slocum, started up as a co-founder of Stealth. Interesting. Way to go, Tom. Andy Robledo, two years at Plants Delivered Chicago. Of course, we got a happy birthday. Jessica Morris, another spin around the sun. See y'all next year. Our show is supported by listeners and viewers just like you. Demandfarm.com. Unlock key account growth with Demand Farm's large deal, key account, and relationship intelligence products. Go to Demandfarm.com now to schedule a demo. Ask for Iron Man. Brent Keltner's Winalytics Revenue Acceleration Playbook Masterclass. In five hours over five weeks, help your sales and go-to-market team build the mindset and skills for a new buyer environment. Kick off in product-driven selling versus authentic conversations for all go-to-market teams. Team-level sessions for self-assessment and team dialogue. All go-to-market team wrap-up to identify top go-to-market strategy adjustments. Go to winalytics.com now. 2023, Cardi, what's going on, man? What what are people doing now? They're like, oh, shit. Next year is like next week. The kickoffs and then... Starting now? Yeah, why not? Or right. we can. Well, you know. I might keep it dumb, Cardi. I thought that was pretty good. Um, well, this week is... Uh... Well, first thing I want to ask is, Cardi... On social media, if you're like leadership, like what are you putting out there to the public that you want your employees to see? I've always been a believer of cry poor. Uh, what do you mean by cry poor? Uh, you don't, if you're making job cuts and you're going to lower pay, you don't want to send a picture that you're out, to, I don't know, insert fancy place here, Big Sky, Montana, or, you know. Oh, yeah. Like if there's cuts coming, yeah, you're, you're, well, I mean, honestly, if you're in leadership and there's cuts coming, I mean, it's not a happy time, period. And, and No, it's not a happy time, but you don't. Not to say that you also, you feel bad for the people that are getting cut. So it's not like, you know, a lot of, a lot of leadership is sort of like, oh crap, I got to deliver horrible news, which is really bad. You know, I think the, uh, what, what do you think the number one occupation with suicide rates is? Occupation? Yeah. Uh, veterans. No, no, occupation. Like actually working where they actually. Uh, First responders. It's dentists. Why? Because no one wants to go to the dentist. And all they do is uh, inflict pain. So mentally, they have a, a struggle here. When people are laying people off. You know, it's a mental struggle. I'm not trying to say, oh, woe is woe is me. I'm the one laying somebody off. Well, my, No, my point is, if you're laying somebody off and you're in executive leadership, you don't want to post on social media that I'm in uh, Cabo living it up, right? Yeah. Two things is, one, if you're an executive on social media, do not be friends with any of your coworkers. Um, 
be very careful about how you friend on social media. You should have a LinkedIn professional social media. Your Facebook should be a little bit more protected um, just because you might, your family might share that you guys are in Cabo because that was a planned trip. Um, But you don't want your employees, especially if there's bad news coming to see that you're in Cabo. They're going to find out, but you know, try to minimize that as much as possible. Don't put it in their face. Yeah, don't put it in their face. So um, I, I think right now, you know, it's it's closing out the year for the people who have a calendar year. Right now, it's closing out the year. Even if people are on a fiscal year, uh, January 31st, it's all focused on this year, this year, this year. There's no real break for uh, the sellers. You want to bring in as much as you can. You want to bring in what is forecasted because if you, hit, if you miss your forecast by an extreme amount. Um, What's extreme? By more than a percent, by more than maybe two percent, you know what I mean. Like, if you're a big company, so if you uh, miss, don't miss. Don't miss your forecast. Do not miss your forecast in Q4. Which forecast? Like, how many different I, numbers are there, Carney? Um. So two weeks into a quarter is typically where people lock what they call their lock their forecast, and then it's a game from that point on. It's story time, story time, yeah, story. Yeah, yeah. But around mid Q4 is when the board and everyone is sort of agreeing that that's sort of the forecast, like if there's any adjustments. Um, And then they're building their growth rates or flat rates or whatever off of next year. If you miss your forecast, um, there's two things that could happen. One, it could go back and readjust all the numbers and then there could be cuts. Um, Two... The board could say, or the CEO could say, I know we missed our forecast, blah, blah, blah. We will make it up next year. So don't adjust next year's numbers, which now you have more higher growth rates, um, which isn't good. The worst thing that could happen is you miss your forecast and five mature quota or 10 or 20 mature quota carriers quit in January. He goes, because, you know, when when reps feel the pain of quotas going up and going up extreme, um, a lot of times that happens with unplanned um, quota carriers that are carrying. You you brought that up, Carney. It's it's what, January 30th, whenever you get that year in bonus. Yeah. Right. You have to be employed at the company. I, I guess most people are like that now. You have to be employed at the company to get your bonus. The reason why they do it that way also is because if they come up with a quota plan, you know, like, uh, and those people quit January uh, or February 1st, well, the quota should have already been delivered. And so it puts you in a, a quota gap, but it doesn't make all the other sellers carry, you know, one $1.8 million quote versus a $1.2 well, I guess where I'm going with it is January 30th, you're going to have a lot of people saying, see ya, get their bonus, and then they got their next gig starting, right? In in many years, yes. This year, I don't think as much. Um, yeah. Over the last uh, two years, it has been uh, reps saying see ya at any time with crazy sign-in bonuses and, uh, you know, pay going through the roof. Um this year, I don't feel like there's a lot of people that are going to leave because the reality is the grass isn't greener. If you 
if you're going somewhere and you're playing what we call the ramp game, yeah, um, which means I'm a rep that's going to get put on ramp and get paid a uh, like sort of a fixed amount during the ramp. And then after a year, I'm leaving and going somewhere else. You're going to get one discovered. People know that that ramp game goes on. It's it's a game that that's that almost retired sellers play like, hey, I sold five years ago. Now I'm just trying to live off of, um, you know, a year's worth of salary plus six months of ramp um and granted i don't get my full ote but i'm also not working as hard uh, that does happen a lot but if and you're a leader you got to be prepared for january 30th because some people will maybe they got something already locked in you know they they signed it you know i'll start feb feb one yeah those are those are occurring i would say it's not as common though and then i would also say when you leave like if you're like a lot of startups and i'm in a startup they're just getting crushed by the economy, right? Yeah. Um, because cash isn't flowing through. Cash was basically free, you know, five to the, the, the last four or five years. And, and over the last year, inflation and all of that has crushed the startup. So they can't go get cash. They, it's not about burn rate anymore. And uh, when do I need to get my next round of funding? It's how do I avoid a next round of funding? Um, a lot of these reps are leaving um in the startup world they're leaving because they find instability in the startup and they're going to the big companies you know fortune 500 companies well guess what the startups have been feeling the pain all through 2022 who do you think is going to feel the pain in 2023 all the big guys yeah so it's a it, they have a they they follow a little bit slower than the market so i can tell you that 2022 the second half of 2022 for startups tech companies it has been an absolute shit show for the fortune 100 fortune 500 2023 is probably going to be an absolute shit show um so if you're going to go somewhere so if you're going to go somewhere yeah if you're going to go somewhere you're going to go somewhere where there's instability you've probably ridden out the storm at your current startup and that current startup is trying to figure out what is our neck what what is our pivot to our go to market when the economy goes bad, the companies that struggle are the ones that have issues prior to the economy going bad, but that economy was covering up those issues. What When the economy turns for the worse, all those issues that you know are out there are exposed and on steroids, and it causes you a major problem. So if you don't have a great enablement team, you don't have great marketing, you have zero lead gen, you don't have any channel partnerships or all of that stuff gets exposed when the economy turns south. So when the so when the tide rolls out, you get to see who's naked. Yeah, exactly. And so that's what's happened at these these startups. So what are the startups have been doing is over the last six to nine months as quickly as possible, trying to fix all those problems. And and uh, that doesn't happen overnight, even if they're fast in a, in a startup. Um, that still takes time. Twenty twenty three is probably going to be a time where you know, companies are going to merge and, and get acquired because there's probably too many startups out there, but consolidation, consolidation. Yeah. And so they're going to, they're going to, but a lot of them have started to pivot the other way. And 2023 could be a, a decently prosperous year for the sellers that are still there at that company. Um, however, if you're moving to a big company, 
it could be tough because one, you don't have great um, growth rates and they're going to ask you to grow. And it's going to be tough when you're in a mature business that um, you've been living off of upsells of these small and medium-sized businesses. And now you go back to those small and medium-sized uh, or even large businesses and look for upsells and they're all shrinking. They're all shrinking. You know, um, well, you the large the small, companies are- You go to the small companies because you think there's some ownership there. You get some equity and because these startups- the money isn't as liquid. They're going to have to give up more equity than they're used to. So the cut that you get lots isn't worth as much. Is that right? Well, you, your your expectation at a small company and the equity of it being a cash uh, retirement plan for you in four years is gone. Um, do you want the cash to you know in four years or five years to be? decent enough that you know you can maybe take a breath maybe that's still there yeah. but don't go don't go there for the uh the equity in fact right now if you if you actually think about it right now is probably the best time to go work at a startup because uh the valuations are low um some some valuations are probably too low um because the market has overcorrected itself like the market always does so you're you know the buy low sell high this is probably the time you want to go work for a startup because so more equity, probably priced at a lower um, strike price, and therefore so your options are at a better. Okay, now I get it. I buy that. I buy that. Well, basically, it's the devil you know versus the devil you don't know. If you're going to be hopping around. You said companies are looking. Hey, I can tell who's. Re- because it, it used to be, you know, you don't want people hopping around. Then if they do hop around, then you, you know they're complacent so which is it like how many companies can you be in a three-year time period that's a good point pete so it used to be don't hop around you know and what i've i've learned the hard way is if you're at a company for a very long time um even though you've accomplished a lot of things uh your your accomplishments especially if you changed your career yeah you know um that career change doesn't get validated until you started a new company so you well, you're always start. worth more at a new company. Yeah, but you also it also validates. Like if you were if you were in um product and then you go into sales at, at your current company or you go into customer success company and you've been there for 10 years, another company might not see that as your real customer success person. They would see that as your guy who uh or girl who has been at a company a long time and has sort of been able to pick their shots. When you go to another company and you become a customer success director, now all of a sudden you validate that you are a customer success person, and now you're more uh, you're not you're not arguing that. So that used to be it used to be the way when we when you and I started, it used to be loyalty uh, was amongst all. Um, I would say anybody who's at a company for two years is that's typically when you can sit there and say is is it that's when you should judge and say. Is this the time to stay or is this the time to move? But don't jump before two years. Yeah, two years. All right. You jump before two years, maybe three. But if you jump before two years and you're constantly jumping before two years, especially in sales, if you're there for, you know, 12 to 18 months, the reality is you're not hire a highly desirable sales rep. And even though that's what you're spinning, like, oh, everyone came to me and sold me on this. 
you're jumping from ramp to ramp and you're getting a lot of pressure because you haven't been able to sell anything after the ramp was done. And you got about a 12 month window after that, where um, your shelf life is about 18 months. If you're not a good seller. Or you better um, interview very well. Well, a lot of people interview very well. They're sellers. I mean, they're sellers. Yeah. sellers. That's the best sales job they ever do is on the interview. Yeah. Well, that's why it's always like when you're buying it, when a company, when like I went through mergers and acquisitions, right? When you're buying a company and they're talking to the uh, uh, the people that are the, the PE firm, they bring in the product team, the IT team, the, the sales leader, and and they say, tell us what's going on in the market, right? Why, why are you guys not growing by leaps and bounds? Well, the product and IT team, you know, go in there and they try to spin their story. Right. And they don't, they're not storytellers. Right. They're, so they're up there trying to do this. They've got probably funky PowerPoint presentations and they're doing the best they can. And they've spent probably um, a month working on this. More time they should have on it. More time than they should have. The salesperson probably spends a week on it. He's a he or she is a professional storyteller. So he probably spends maybe a week on it, gets a little bit stressed about it, goes up there and wows them all. What do you think they do? They go, wow, your product is 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 not competitive in the marketplace. We're going to invest in the product. And then, the, 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 you know, a year later, they go back and say, we invested in this product. It didn't work. What's going on, sales guy? The guy spins another story. Either they buy it or they get rid of them. But um, it's a problem with those engineers, man. They put, they put a product out there that they understand versus what the end user is going to understand. Well, that's what product is supposed to be there for. But a lot of times, you know, product is supposed to be the customer voice. But uh, I think they're too comfortable not talking to customers. <laughs> um, they're too comfortable trying to be the smartest person in the room rather than just say, hey, I don't know what I'm supposed to be looking at. I think this makes sense. You know, I think the the, the one guy, uh, this guy, Chuck Branford, used to say, and I say it a lot, is America's funnel cakes and Mountain Dew. So, um if you're thinking you're a product owner and you're looking at the product and you're talking to all your peers and all your peers, you know, college degree, yuppies, whatever. And crumpets. Yeah. They're not, yeah, they're eating, uh, they're not <laughs> eating funnel cakes and Mountain Dew. Well, then you don't, you're not talking to the customers if you're a B2C customer, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Go talk to the customer. All right. So Heads up, January 30th, even though the the economy's crappy, you're going to have some people splitting, So, uh, which could be a good thing. You you're might probably have You know what? Honestly, Pete, yeah. you're having people split now. Usually they wait. They're splitting now because there's not, deal, there's not a ton of deals coming through, right? But so it, a lot of times people go, oh, hold off. I don't want to leave because... I've got these deals and it's going to make, get me into accelerators and stuff like that. Well, let's be honest in 2022, there's probably not a lot of them that are in accelerators. So there's no reason for them to wait. Well, if you're a good rep, you have the fourth quarter that you want to get paid off of because you should have closed that business and you want that bonus and you have to be there January 30th to get that money. Once you, and then you have your other job lined up. I just, it all depends. It all depends, right? If you're a middle market, if you're a run rate type of a seller, yes. If you're an enterprise seller, you know, those are lumpy deals. Yeah. Those guys probably know that they don't have any. Yeah. But if those guys had like a, you know, 12 month sales cycle or whatever, and then, you know, they get paid annually, that's 
they're going to pop January 30th. Yeah. All I'm saying is interview, okay, you're you're getting ready for New Year's Eve. You're going to have a few. Okay, great. But go into uh, that thing that the NCAA calls the transfer portal. We call it LinkedIn. <laughs> is that crazy how all those kids that are moving around, same as, you know, these jobs? Go in there and get yourself some uh, candidates to get you prepared for. Worst part about the NIL is the gar- they're guaranteeing money now. It's not guaranteed. They do it. Nope. They, dude. they are now. That's what Deion Sanders is doing. He guarantees yeah. NIL money. Okay. Then that's that's the flip side. Then he's figured it out. Yeah. But it's guaranteed month to month. Yeah, but he's guaranteed them. So, like, he's wooing away a lot of these guys at Colorado with guaranteed booster money to uh, – Yeah, that's why other people are leaving because the, the players don't do what they should do or there's these NIL, LLCs like, that fall apart. and The NIL money – I know we're not supposed to – but the NIL money is bad for college sports, but it's not – it's bad for the smaller teams. The big media teams are just going to – it's going to become – they're gonna they're gonna have people lined up waiting to transfer to an Alabama, a Notre Dame who owns NBC, right? Yeah. They're gonna have people lined up because the NIL opportunities are so much more than Jackson State, where Dion was, or some smaller school that doesn't get a lot of media time. Everybody so, wants a signing bonus, man. Yeah, I mean it's ridiculous, but yeah, I agree with you that. Right now, the transfer portal, if you take it, if you're liking it, right now, the transfer portal is hot in, in probably January and February, probably February and March, depending on your year your in. Um, but if you're looking at your team, if you're an operator looking at your team and you see enterprise sales uh, reps that don't have any deals set to close this quarter, they can leave any time. Um, the question is, do you want them to leave? You know what I mean? Like, and, and the reality is, if they do leave and they've been there a while, there's a lot of quota leaving at that time. And that puts you in a rough spot because to fill that quota gap, you're probably going to need to hire two or three new reps quickly to fill that quota gap because of the ramp time. They might leave and leave a million-dollar quota. And if you hire people within the next 90 days, you might be able to give them three to five, a half a million dollars worth of quota. So you need two or three people to fill that. That's not an easy task, and that's a very costly task. So um, make sure that the reps that don't have any deals on the table aren't leaving um, as long as you want to keep them. Uh, Let the ones that are maybe bitter, um, maybe they're good and they're bitter, or they're just not good and they haven't sold anything, those they can leave. At the end of the day, it's about rep productivity and can you hit your number. The quota just uh, the quota gap is um, uh, like a statistical algorithm that sort of not st- it's a statistic that's something that you need from a business to stay healthy to say I have enough sellers out there to hit the number that I want to achieve. So if you only had five reps, they each had a million dollar quota, and your number next year was four million, then you have enough quota out on the street. Um, to hit that, knowing that not everyone's going to hit their quota. If one of them leaves, next thing you know, you're pretty much, you need everyone to hit their quota um, at a minimum to hit your number. Now, I'm not saying I've done this before, but it could be done where you would have a, 
a different profile that you would link up with somebody on LinkedIn. Uh, I'm not saying this can be done, but I just an idea out there. You have this other profile that you friend all the people, you know, on your team and in other people, you build it up and you get to see when the resumes are getting updated. Well, you can do that through recruiter, uh, your recruiter licenses on LinkedIn. You can look at your own company and see who's updated their, uh, their LinkedIn profile. Personally, I would always say, um, always update your, make it a habit of every month to update your LinkedIn profile. Not to give it away. Not to give it away. And always update your resume, not to give it away. Don't wait until it's time to leave. Um, and then you update your, your LinkedIn profile, just make it a habit. I, honestly, I, I used to make a habit of it. I, I stopped, I should. Um, but that doesn't give an indication then because I'm going to always see you on the list and be like, Oh, he just always is updating. All right. So we got kickoff going to happen when next week, the following week. Well, it depends. Kickoffs usually mid, um, mid month to end of the month of the first month of the year. All right, so you got kickoffs uh, in the middle of January. Everybody's going to. I would say down. probably half of them are probably going to be virtual, just to save money. People are virtual gonna kickoffs suck. <laughs> They're just the worst. You got. I don't. I don't need to sit there and listen to. I don't need to have a wine tasting party sitting behind my computer, going, "Hey, this is great, great team camaraderie." I'm. I'm sort of done with that bullshit. Um. So February 1st, that's really the first of the year. And what percentage do you think of the companies out there will give out their quota by February 1st? Companies that got their shit together, Will. What percentage is that? <laughs> I don't, I, that's a good question. I don't know. 50, 60%. Let's just say 50. Let's just go flip a coin. You think the odds are greater that they do not have their shit together or that they do? I go don't. Well, I, I say 50-50. I, I think you should have your quotas together um, by that time. Yeah, really? Okay. Uh, and you should be able to send it out, you know. Um, Sounds like we need another poll. Do you think Do you think your quota will be given to you by February 1st? Is that a fair uh, thing to start on LinkedIn? By the poll? first month, by, by the first month of your fiscal year. So don't say February 1st, because some people are on a different fiscal year. So by the first month, first day of the second month of the fiscal year. Who's on a fiscal year? Seriously? Yeah. So when you have an annual plan, you have to go from April to April or whatever? My fiscal year starts February 1. February 1. Okay. Mm -hmm. So February 1 would work for you. No. So mine would be March one. By March one, would that would do you get it? Because February one. How about is how about Q one? Will you get your quota in Q one? No, that's too much. They better have it by Q one. I would say ninety percent. Only horrible organizations don't uh, that don't know what they're doing uh, wouldn't get it due by Q one. We all know uh, we've experienced that. Uh, well, that's what I'm saying. We're just going to find out from other. People well, then ask and say when should you get? When do you typically? Do, do you, you expect them? to get your quota for the year by Feb 1? That's what I'm putting out there. And I'll put in parentheses by or your fiscal. Your, yeah. Okay. Your second month, of, the first day of the second month of the fiscal year. Okay. 
All right, Carney, happy new year, man. Our show is supported by listeners and viewers just like you. Demandfarm.com. Unlock key account growth with Demand Farm's large deal, key account, and relationship intelligence products. Go to demandfarm.com now to schedule a demo. Ask for Iron Man. Brent Keltner's Winalytics Revenue Acceleration Playbook Masterclass. In five hours over five weeks, help your sales and go-to-market team build the mindset and skills for a new buyer environment. Kickoff and product-driven selling versus authentic conversations for all go-to-market teams. Team-level sessions for self-assessment and team dialogue. All go-to-market team wrap-up to identify top go-to-market strategy adjustments. Go to winalytics.com now. <laughs>